podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. These midweek games, they are tiring, but you know what? The Reds seem to have some kind of form. And it's nice to talk about another win, 1-0 against Fulham at home. Thank you very much. The last time we played these was the opening day of of the season and it was really, really disappointing. And um, it kind of pretty much um, set the tone for how the season was pretty much going to go for us. But here we are, we're talking about a win. One nil it finished, and joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests for you, as always. First up, it's a familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show when it comes to late kickoffs and midweek ones because of um, scheduling and stuff. Um, he's not been well, so I really, really appreciate him joining us on this podcast. It's Steve. Steve, welcome back. We did another win. We didn't win. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're having to deal with these. Um, I don't think I could deal... I mean, it would be awful if you were not well and you had a disappointing result and performance to talk about. Um, so it's great to have you on, Steve. And joining Steve, oh gosh, this guy has been so, so busy and he's doing some remarkable work and um, rubbing shoulders with A-listers as well and he ditched me for one, but it's okay, I forgive him. He's my friend, it's Justin Wells. Justin, welcome back. <laughs> Well, thank you, Nina. I, I didn't know that we'd be talking about the, the football match that I watched with Clive Owen, which was really exciting because it was the lead 6-1. But instead, yes. we get to talk about a boring old 1-0, where the only goal is scored on a penalty. We absolutely do. And before we actually start talking about the game and, you know, certain players and how it all kind of panned out, Justin, I'll start with you. Team lineup. what did you make of it? I mean, I know lots of news broke that, you know, Tiago's out for the season. Um, what did you make of the starting lineup? Surprised? Um, any any changes there that you were like kind of raised your eyebrows at, or pretty much what you expected? I mean, I think it's I think it's what you expected because we have to rotate. Um, I was a little bit shocked that Diaz was gonna play, uh, you know, so close to starting against Spurs for the first time in six months and getting another start this soon. But uh, it, at some point, you had to rest Gakpo. Right, because he's played mm. basically every minute. So, and, and with Jota having a back injury, the front three, may, um, you know, probably is the, you know, it's, it, it makes sense. And it, you know, with all that's been spoken around Darwin this this week, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him quite a bit during the game. Um, it, it, it is nice to see him actually get a start in the center forward position because mm. that's what he was bought to do. And uh, you know that 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 was pleasant to see that that's maybe a way we can try to play. Um, as far as the the midfield goes, I mean, in reality, all you have to pick from there is those three and Elliot at this point. Um, Nabby's not Nabby's not fit, although apparently he might be close to fitness again soon. Um, 
And I'm at that uh, stage with him, Justin. I'm at that stage with him now with where his career has gone and where it looks like it's going to be heading that there's no point getting excited. Like, he'll, he'll fill a void, he'll do a job, but he's off. There's, there's, there's no reason to get excited about yeah. the, the last five games of Naby Keita's Liverpool career. Mm. Um, and that's assuming he ever actually plays first again, which I think is still questionable, um, even though it seems like Jordan Henderson might have sustained a small injury at the end of the game. And, you know, that bears some uh, some watching. But, mm. yeah, I mean, I think at some point you had to rest Robertson. So I think it all makes sense. That's a fair assessment. And what about you, Steve? What did you make of the team lineup? Yeah, pretty much the same as Justin. I was pleased to see Darwin starting through the middle because you both know I'm a big fan and I think he's mm-hmm. going to come good eventually. Um, yeah. The midfield the midfield is the midfield and we might see Matip once or twice more before the end of the season, but I didn't really expect him to start today. So it's kind of good. It was good to see Robbo was rested or what dropped or whatever he was picked for and to see Costa's playing. So it was also good to see um, Jota not being overplayed. I know he scored a lot of goals for us and he didn't start last week, or at the weekend. But I kind of think we need to be careful with him and Diaz and we sort of manage their minutes accordingly. And hopefully the sports science team are the ones who help Klopp decide which one to start and which one not to start. So it was pretty much what you'd want to see. It would, it was, and um, yeah, I think rotation is key, certainly for the sustainability of these players. And Steve, I'm going to stick with you because um, obviously we'll we'll talk about the first half. And I thought the Reds started off really well. I thought, you know what, it's a bit of a strange one because it's a really, really dull affair. I think I think you could both agree. You know, what? I don't even want to go to one or the other. Let's just have a full on conversation with each other because we're all friends here, right? I'm not going to go to one or the other. I just want your thoughts on just everything in in general and let the conversation just organically flow and see what happens. Right. Finish, go on. I was going to say, if you did a TLDR on the game today, it would be that we look confident with the ball. And we looked competent off of the ball, but there wasn't much more to say apart from that. Yeah, I mean, Justin, I'll, I'll bring you in. I want to get your thoughts because, like, obviously we started off the first half really well. I thought, you know, we were, we were holding the ball really well. The possession was good. We were playing at a good tempo. For me, it was just finished. It was, it just lacked that, you know, the final edge, like one pass away from something. Yeah, we, we, we really were actually, we were playing through them for the first mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And it's just one of those where, and, and it's a slightly different pattern from this season, where we gave a team our best punch, didn't land one, but then they couldn't, like everybody else has landed a counter punch against us and then we go to shit. That didn't happen today. Fulham just didn't create anything through the entire match. Like, they, they finished with an XG of under one, they finished with only the one big chance. Um, if you hold teams to doing that every single match, by the way, you win the league because that's basically how we used to defend um, when we won the league. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you if you do that, you know, you, you win a lot of football matches because you have to figure that at some point you'll put them in some pressure to find a breakthrough. And this is the type of game where just, you know, it, it's obvious in a one nil that this is the case, but this is the type of game where one goal probably was enough because the thing with Fulham is, since Mitrovic went, you know, mm-hmm. has been suspended, they don't have a way of hurting you. Like, yeah. um, their version of Vinicius is Poundland Vinicius. Oh, that's harsh. 
That's what so hard. Not even Costco has gone that low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. I don't even know what to say. But it is true they did look really, really toothless. And like, I, I felt like there was no threat up top. And actually, you know what? I will give credit to Alison. He made a save early on in the first half. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, Steve, what did you make of us in, in the first half? I thought, you know, just just have... If you could just summarise that first half, I just thought we kept the ball really well. There were certain players, and we'll talk about player performances in a minute. But it, we could yeah. have been like two or three up. I, I think defensively first, we were just quietly competent, right? Um, mm-hmm. Teams have always got behind us. Not this season, just in general because of the high line. And I think Wilson got behind us once or twice, didn't he? And so did yeah. and so did um, Kearney. Then it's Tierney Kearney did. But they didn't really do anything because... And if teams did get behind us, then somebody would be offside or Ebi would Ebi was just on a sliding tackle mission today, wasn't he? They'd be like, I can't be bothered to push you over, so I'm just gonna slide tackle you and have a sit down. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Um, I actually thought he looked really decent today um, uh, in in, in the back three, because I think, you know, whilst we've changed up the formation ever so slightly, I think he's the one that's maybe injuries as well, but I think he's one of the players that might have struggled to adjust with the new formation defensively. But today I felt like he looked more switched on than, you know, and he's looking more and more comfortable, which is good. It could be that he's yeah. just come back to fitness. I thought Costas looked okay. It's the first time he's played, obviously, in this formation for us. And I thought he looked okay. He was getting back. Trent was doing a really good job of, if they did look like they might put some pressure on us, getting into um into a back four quite a lot. A lot of the time off the ball, he was in the right back position, winning tackles, getting interceptions, getting blocks. Um, when he wasn't needed there, he was alongside Fabinho doing the same thing. Like, his first half stats were nuts, weren't they? Like, the most tackles, the most passes, the most interceptions, the most shots, you know. It was a really good all-action, but not looking manic. You know, he didn't look like he'd been inhaling the Red Bull at half, you know, before the match. He just looked fairly controlled and calm. And seeing seeing a defensive setup just kind of functioning. I mean, Justin, when was the last time you can say that? Um, Uh... And before we think it's just in defensively, like obviously we do look a lot more fragile. Obviously, you know, like in the sense that you know you're playing three at the back, there's going to be more spaces. You know that it's a gamble. You know it's risky because we also don't have the personnel. We're going to be looking at Jurgen Klopp to kind of improve. But I still feel more confident with this setup and with what Trent is doing in the position that he's doing because he has a big say in how the game is played out. Yeah, yeah and I the mean, thing is, it's like when teams don't go anywhere near Hendo, he's fine, and when Hendo's fine. French job gets easier. 
Yeah, that, that you know, th- there's been a lot of bad. Like, let, let's let's get this out there very early because I don't want to come back to this. Yeah, there's been a lot of bad Jordan Henderson performances this season. This wasn't one of them. Was he like, you know, great? Eight out of ten, covered every blade of grass. No, but he was perfectly fine, functional, did his job. Um, Trent was absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, he's 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 like. At some point, this team was going to transform from Stala and Virgil being the best players on the team to Trent being the best player on the team. And I think if Trent gets, if Trent is continually played in a situation where he can control more of the game and has more license to get places, that transformation is going to occur. And I, and I think we're starting to see the beginning of it. This is starting to become Trent Alexander-Arnold's team, which we always knew it would be. It's just, I think, it's just his ability to now play in far more infield and influence the game in a variety of different ways, rather than just, you know, having to play the killer ball or the killer switch is, uh, it's really beneficial to us. And we're getting to see just how good a footballer he is. You know, another thing I've noticed as well, whilst we're talking about Trent, and you know, you spoke about, you know, Henderson, and both of you spoke about Henderson there, and we're not going to, like... Over, over analyze it. There's absolutely no need. You know, it was a decent performance. But I've also noticed as well in this setup, Fabinho looks more comfortable as well. Like, I feel like his long limbs are getting to things again, where things used to bypass him so much and he looked really slow. Like, I felt like he had a bit of a game in the midfield today. Well, it, when you think about a midfield, it, it's you're, if you're either going to be the front foot or the back foot, right? And sometimes being on the front foot requires a player who puts other teams on the back foot. Trent Alexander-Arnold puts other teams on the back foot because of how aggressive, athletic, and skilled he is. So that's going to help Fabinho. Like, it's easier to do the job to clean everything up when there's less to clean up. I think the front foot thing's a good point. I think Fabinho, like, physically moving forwards is much more suited because he still... He still looks a bit stiff, right? He still turns like a cruise ship. Um, so this 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 front footed sort of attack minded like Trent alongside him is suiting him a lot. But it also makes you think that when we've got more athletic players around Trent instead of Fabinho and Henderson, you can really see where it's going to go. Mm. While also prolonging both their careers, having Trent around because it's going to get better as we get players who can run and can do all of the things and not run out of steam. So And also plug the hole between the, 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 the defence as well. So, yeah. you know, when you're out of possession, you, you, you know, you're there as a shield as well. And obviously the legs will, will definitely um, add to that. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about this. And uh, I suppose the, the first player we'll talk about, um, Justin, I'll come to you and I think we want to talk about him, is probably Nunes. I mean, what did you make? I mean, obviously he's he's been in the headlines a fair bit um i believe jürgen klopp um uh, has expressed a desire for him to learn english and uh, you know and probably one of the reasons why he's not been starting but got the heads up today what did you make of his performance obviously won the penalty as well but for me um probably wasn't his his best performance like i felt like the energy was there i felt like you know he was buzzing around he was trying he's trying to run onto things but just again, um, I think from from the front three that started, he might have looked like the player that has come back from injury, like literally. Yeah, you know, I, I think I agree with you that it was definitely 
I, I think the energy level is encouraging, right? Because yes, one are. of the things that you do want to see from him is application when we don't mm-hmm. have the ball. Yes. And he and he and he and he's and he struggled with that this season. Like he he still very much doesn't know kind of what he's doing without the ball. Because yeah. if you look when he's chasing down the ball, it's a lot of straight lines. Doesn't really bend how doesn't really bend his press to try to force people at areas. Like it's all very straight line. It's all very mechanical, and it's just very. It's clear that he's still not comfortable doing it. But there is the time within which he does kind of bend his run, and he nips a ball away and gets fouled and wins a penalty. And you know what? That's a telling contribution that that enables you to win the match. So, you know, Darwin Nunez had a game within which he he showed a lot of energy. He wasn't really connected to any of the players around him. Like in buildup, he's still basically a deficient player in that he doesn't know how to do it. Um, but he had a moment where he, it wasn't like the creating chaos moment, but where he just, you know, took an opportunity and stole a goal for us, which is effectively what won us the match. So I can't really say that I think his performance was bad, but it wasn't great at the same time. Mm. And Steve, what did you make of his performance? And, and I know you really love him because I remember you and I did a podcast um at the beginning of the season, you were absolutely ecstatic about his signing. And, you know, still am. You know, we still are. And, you know, this is a player with a huge potential. It's his first season in a very, very um, uh, poor season as a whole from the Reds. So what did you make of his performance today? And how do you see him excelling in this new formation and setup? I mean, what would be his, like, best kind of balance? I, I thought he was good today. I thought he was not brilliant, just good in the first half. Mm. I think the second half, he really, you could see how he sort of tailed off with his concentration and knowing what to do around him. And as players came on and came off, he kind of lost his, lost what to do even more. But I thought it was quite, I, I thought it was like a little moment of vindication that people say that he doesn't press and he doesn't try hard enough, that he presses a defender. And he buys a penalty that's so cheap you could get it in Costco, right? <laughs> what is it with these places today? But, but it was that was such a cheap penalty, but he gets it was. It, exactly what Justin said. Like he sees it, he sees the trigger to press, and he does it. He does it well. He does it properly. He does what he's supposed to do, and we get a goal from a counter press. You know what this? You know. That's what UP was built on, right, under Bobby Firmino. Um, so it was enjoyable to see him do that. But he, he's just, obviously, just, he does still look a, loss, a bit of loss for the players around him. Um, it's a bit frustrating, right, because the club must have known what they were buying. They were buying a centre forward who likes to play off the, the back of defenders, who likes to run in behind, who likes to be a chaos merchant. They weren't buying a Gakpo or... Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew 
on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Jota or Bobby who pressing, or you know, Mardo, Mardo was an incredible person when we bought, when we bought him. You know, we weren't buying a player who that was part of their makeup and their game already. So even though he needs to learn the system, there needs to be an element where the system needs to be turned to him a bit more. But when we've got a more sufficient midfield with more legs in it than we have now, I think it will get better. And I was really enjoying, there were some moments where him and Curtis were almost working as a pair, weren't they? on the centre-halves in the first half. So I thought, you know, the fact he got a penalty from doing the thing that we say he doesn't do, and him and Curtis were the two that seemed to get a bit of an understanding. And I don't know, just seeing footballers on the pitch smiling, like he was enjoying himself out there today, mm. even if he wasn't brilliant. But he made a contribution, and it's important for him to keep making contributions because that helps breed confidence and when his English improves and when he understands the system more and when he feels more confident, hopefully he'll do what he's done his last two clubs and he'll take off next season. Yeah, I, I would... Was... No, I would absolutely agree with you on that one. I think, you know, just give him time and obviously this season is not one that you should really judge him on given the fact that, you know, we've changed the formation and, you know, the, the senior players that should have been, like, helping him should, like, you know, some of them have not had the best of seasons. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think he will only get better. And let's talk about that. Go I, on. I have, a, I have a rough idea quickly, though, on this. Like, if, if you look at Darwin early this season when he was thriving, he was thriving when we were basically unable to play any sort of structure and with any sort of control. Like, he had a really good stretch at the beginning of the season where he was creating a lot of opportunities and starting to score goals. It's just it feels like... Because he's so chaotic, like Steve, like Steve said, mm-hmm. um, do you think that he is the kind of player right now who, if you're trying to play just a rigid, structured system, he is not a good fit for it? Like, and I'm not saying that he can't develop into being a good fit for it, but the the rigidity of, of this and just the way in which we're playing, it might not suit him, and we might have to develop multiple plays, ways of playing because. <laughs> He doesn't. He's not going to play between the lines. He just doesn't do it. I, th- I think he would have suited the early days of Klopp, right? The heavy metal counter pressing, yeah, counter attacking team where you rely on the other team having the ball. I think that would have suit that would suit Darwin because um, he's he's incredible on the break. So like his 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 good goals and performances have been on the break, like the way he played against City, the, the... or Everton. And the charity shield at the beginning of the season, right? That you mm. all forget how phenomenal he was in that game. Whereas this possession-based slow build-up doesn't suit him because it doesn't suit his movement. His movement is about explosive, getting behind the lines, not little five-meter runs around the box. Which most yeah. and Diogo is great at popping up and finding that little moment just to you know get a tap in. Mm. So. I think maybe we need to work out how best to use him and then how situational to use him and identify games. There's, there's no point starting him today. Oh, well, look, we're playing Madrid away. They're going to have the ball. That's definitely starting because he can cause trouble. You know, I think that's what we need to do with him. 
Do you think it might be a case of maybe a player like Alison Beckers to find him more so he can get on, run, to run on to things? You know, like back in the day, the way he used to with more Salon things sometimes. Oh, and oh, definitely, definitely. Like Alison and Virgil, when he starts hitting those long balls again, and Trent, the mm. three of them just hitting him on 60-yard passes from mm. when we've been absorbing pressure is the best way to use him. You know, really? that goal... Mo's goal against United a couple of seasons ago yes. is exactly the kind of thing Darwin is built for. And you know what? This is not necessarily a bad thing that we have very, very different strikers because one thing that you need to have in the Premier League is not to be figured out. And if your strikers have very, very diverse skill sets and they can offer so much diversity and sometimes sometimes that is required, that kind of play is absolutely required and that kind of that kind of play wins you, wins you the game. Um, so yeah, um, let's, let's watch this space and it'll be very interesting to see how Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp facilitates these attackers. I mean, Justin, I'll come to you. Mo Salah, um, from the spot, two and two now for him, straight down the middle again. Um, a lot of people tend to not really be confident when Mo Salah takes penalties. They feel like, you know, obviously with the two misses uh, against Arsenal and, and Bournemouth that, you know, ooh, a bit nervous. And I think he hit that one really well today. Oh, yeah. I, I stopped being nervous about him uh, scoring penalties once he scored against Spurs because, I don't know, he it, the numbers on him are very good. He doesn't miss a lot of penalties. He's probably he he scored and uh, he's scored the amount of penalties that you'd like it, that you'd expect an elite penalty scorer to score. It's just that he missed two in a row, and it's just it's like a recency bias thing. Like, there's no reason to think that Mo Salah's developed the yips and the uh, the goal he scored against Spurs, and then the goal today basically proved that. And what did you make of his performance? Because I thought he was really lively. I thought, you know, he was he was trying to link up with his teammates. I felt like, you know, he he looked like he was really enjoying himself out there, certainly in the first half. I mean, he completely he tried a, a carbon copy of his city uh, spur uh, closer to the one he scored against Spurs in his first season, where he just dances uh, really close to the end line and uh, put it in. He he had a, he had a moment where he tried that and it didn't quite come off. But I agree. I thought he was really lively. I thought he was really creative. Uh, it's it's definitely Trent playing here keeps him involved more. And again, Mo Salah is mm-hmm. still the best player on this team, and I want him touching the ball more than anybody else. And this formation that we're playing now seems to get him the ball a lot more. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And I and I thought and I think he's been good since he's been more involved. He has, and is is I don't know. I my my stream was telling me um, that he's one goal away from matching Steven Gerrard's record, which I that just is, think that is, is absolutely crazy, absolutely oh, yeah, madness. He's one of the he's he's got to be one of the five best players to ever play for this club. It's, like, it's he's, he's, pushed himself in, he's pushed himself into that stratosphere. He, he really has. Go on. Is he one goal away from also having 20 Premier League goals for six seasons in a row? Yes. And, and this is a terrible season by his standards as well. I mean, I mean for a one-hit wonder, he's not done bad, has he? No, he hasn't. He really hasn't. I mean, what did you make of his um, uh, penalty techniques, Steve? He just smashed it, didn't he? <laughs> I liked it. It was, it was a, if you get in the way, you're going in the back of the net with it, kind of Roberto Carlos style smash it. I liked it. And I thought I, I enjoyed watching Mo today. He was smiling. And mm-hmm. Mo smiling is like 
only second best to Bobby Smiley on a football pitch. He looked like he was having fun. He was buzzing around and mo buzzing around on the ball, off the ball, trying to one twos for Trent, trying to feed um, Darwin. Darwin trying to feed little flicks with him. They were they were trying lots of different things and getting involved. And okay, he didn't he didn't score an open play goal, and he had a, a lot of shots blocked, and he was maybe taking on one too many defenders a couple of times in the box. But he looked like he was having fun and Mo having fun. You just you just have to sit back and enjoy it because you don't know if he's going to score one goal or three goals on a day like that. So I know some people in Discord were saying that um, my brain's gone dead. Fulham were all over us the second half, and I was like, they're really not. And with Mo playing the way he was playing, it's like if it ever gets dangerous, it just felt like he would just pick it up and score. Unfortunately, he didn't get a second, but he was really, really good today. Mm. And what did you make of Diaz? Oh, Diaz. He's like, he's like, he's not quite Suarez, but he is when it comes to dribbling, isn't he? Yeah. He just keeps doing that thing. Just keeps doing that thing where there's two defenders. And the law of physics tells you that there should be a pile of players on the floor, floor, and the ball nowhere near Diaz. And somehow he's not the player on the floor, and he's still got the ball and is still going. He just does it over and over again. It's absolutely wonderful. And I just think um, one of these long shots is going to come off right. He's going to hit something sweet soon, and he's going to be buzzing even more. Uh, I just thought he was really, really good today. I thought he played really, really positively. You could see from sort of about 55, 56 minutes, it felt like that he, even though he was getting into position, he felt like he started to tire a little bit. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to be sprinting quite as fast. But his determination, that sort of street ball, that, Almost yeah. street fighter that the right side of Sane, whereas Suarez was the wrong side of it. Yep. That little madness streak he's got is just exciting. And today, that, that, that front line is the thing that really excites me going forward, is when we've got a proper midfield and defence working. If we can get a system that gets Diaz running at people, Darwin in behind people, and Mo just being Mo and getting lots of the ball, there are games where we're going to absolutely batter people. And if we don't, we can drop in Diogo and we can bring in Gakpo, who's looking better all the time. But, um, yeah, I was really, really worried about Diaz and Diaz's knees. And I'm always oversensitive to knees because I've had mine rebuilt twice. Mm. Um, and he, he looks like he's starting to really come back to the player we hoped we'd signed right. So, again, I hope his minutes are managed. I, I, I kind of hope we don't see him play for 90 minutes this season. I hope we just keep seeing him used to build mm-hmm. up his stamina and his confidence. Yeah. And I hope he gets another couple of goals because he's just an absolute, he's an absolute joy that, you know, players like Bobby and Suarez and Diaz and Nunes. That's what I love about football. I'm not for the, I know other people prefer the metronomes or the incredibly efficient players out there, but I just like watching the slightly wild lunatics doing yeah. something with the ball at their feet and he's he's not wild but he's definitely just enjoyable to watch in that in that ilk isn't he he really is and I'm going to come to Justin I want to get his thoughts on uh, on Diaz and I think it was in the first half did was it Paulinho that he sat on his ass or something I can't it, he, it was wasn't it it was, was Paulinho he ran he ran him around uh there's nothing I can say about Diaz that Steve, that Steve just didn't say. Like, 
he and that includes the kinds of footballers I like to watch. Like mm-hmm. people forget that um, this isn't an intellectual product; it, it, it's entertainment. Um, which isn't to say that entertainment can't be intellectual, but in the end, did you have, the, the first time you any either of you ever watched football and figured out did you liked it? Did did you think about it being like? Wow, I could talk about this and the theory behind it for hours, or you're just like, "Holy shit, that goal was cool." I was watching Roberto you know, running at people. Yeah. It's the latter. But, you're like, yeah, for me, it was the four-three against Newcastle. You know, you know, yeah. again, you know, the the goals and just that emotion, and yeah, you you, you watch it for those things. Yeah, and, and like there are players who just give you that pure joy of doing something that's really cool and fun to watch. Luis Diaz has that. Like that's that's great. That's that's why we love him. That's why I love watching Sadio Mane. That's why I like watching Mohamed Salah. Right? Um, I mean, I love watching Ginny Wijnaldum for different reasons. But uh, you know, the thing that's going to get you and make you continually come back to something is going to be the ability to see something really cool that you've never seen before. Diaz gives you that. So um, he, he he's he's everything that I love about the sport. But the more of the more I watch Diaz, the more it makes me realise how good Maka really was. Because he yeah. was just so good mm-hmm. at just running at players at like with his shirt being three sizes too big, swaying between defenders. And his big wavy hair. Yeah, and big it's... wavy hair, clothes too big, but somehow he just yeah. kept just kept on going. And if Maka had actually had good footballers around him, like he had at Madrid, we would would have been a force to be reckoned with, but we had no defence on midfield. We just had Macker and Fowler for years, right? Yeah. This 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 is uh not related to Liverpool, but related to Macca. So obviously, where I'm from and at my age, I'm I'm, I'm in my forties. The uh, in the U.S. in the in the uh, you know late eighties and early nineties, we didn't get like you know the only time you'd get football on TV was during the World Cup, mm. and. Mm. It, it, it was still pretty fringy then. But one of my first memories of uh, anything to do with the sport was I was in London when I was 11 years old. And I was tired. I was jet lagged in a hotel room. And I put on the TV and saw like, and it saw the highlights of an England friendly that had uh, Steve McManaman run the length of the entire pitch and score. Uh, just a, a ma- an incredible Maisie dribble. One of the few things I remember to this very day is just that. And that was one of my first interactions with uh, with this particular sport. So uh, hearing Steve bring that up, uh, you know, gave me a moment of nostalgia. There you go again, an iconic moment, that kind of player. So we really like Luis Diaz. We think he's got a really, really good um, future ahead. And I think it's really important, like Steve said there, that we really, really do manage his minutes because the last thing we want is for him to become, you know, to get another injury and things, right? Yeah, definitely. And in terms of your front three, like, it's very, like, so there's so many good players. Well, Gakpo came on, and Gakpo's doing really well. Jota, you've, you guys have all kind of expressed it. He's one of those that you can have a really, really quiet more game, and he'll score you two goals, and you absolutely love him. You know, like, there's so much quality in the attack. So I've got a question for you now. Obviously, we're, we're, looking, for, we're looking ahead to next season, and it's, I guess... Even though I don't like Europa football, but it's really important to finish on, on a high to kind of get some kind of confidence for next season and some kind of belief and 
a direction. So for you two, who is your ideal front three? Or does this depend on what midfielders come in or, or what we do? I mean, who who's your desirable front three? Plenty we're playing. Mm, that's fair. If we're playing somebody good, it's today's front three. If we're playing anybody who's a chicken shit and plays a deep block or called Jose Mourinho, I think you probably need Jota in for um, Darwin, just because it doesn't suit him at all. And maybe even Gakpo as well for Diaz. I think we just have to... But being able to have such a wide variety of types of players... You know, we can go to different situations and actually have a way of unfolding those deep blocks or counter-attacking those teams that are going to have more possession or, you know, going punch for punch with a team like Arsenal who they're not going to sit back, but they're also not going to leave themselves too open. I think it's really a real positive because I don't remember too many times as a Liverpool fan where we've had four exceptional and one probably pretty good forward in our in our forward lineup. And I'm putting Gakpo as the pretty good forward because I still think Darwin's going to be exceptional eventually. Um mm. in the right situations, right? And we've not we've not had that for a long, long time. We've had th- when we had the best front three in the world, we had nothing behind them. When we had, you know, Maca Fowler and Aaron, we had nothing behind them. It was very I can't think of any time where we've had five exciting attacking players to deal with. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Fair. And what about you, Justin? Um, I'm I'm a bit more rigid. Um, it, it would be Diaz Gakpo Sala for me. I I like Diogo, and I think he could do some really nice things off the bench. Um, Darwin, I think I, I think Steve's I think Steve's right. The entire the type of game that you play Darwin in. Um, I, I just think that if we're going to be more possession based in a lot of games, that my default would be the one guy who pops up between the lines more regularly and. That's more Gakpo than it is Jota or um, Nunez. Though Jota can do it as well. So, um, you know, it's not to say that he can't. But it's also you do have flexibility positionally. Because you can play 
I mean, you could play Diaz realistically on either wing. You, if, if he plays on the right side, you know, it takes away cutting in field, but it also expands the pitch the other way, and, he, and, and you can still have him deliver balls in. And he has played on the right side at Porto as well. Albeit, you know, we like to have guys cutting in. So, but you can, but you can use him on either wing. You can use Gakpo or Jota um, or Nunez. All three of them on the left or in the center. So you have tactical flexibility. But yeah, basically, it's uh, you know, it's for me, it's Diaz, Salah, and then Gakpo, and then you you work around that for uh, different games that you want to do different things in. Not a bad position to be in. All all three offer so much, and I love the fact that you know, I think if you play Gakpo in there, it it kind of somewhat does resemble maybe the Firmino, Mane, and uh, Salah pump days when they were all elite and absolutely running things. So let's see what happens. And um, yeah, um, uh, some very very good options up top, guys. Um, is there anything you kind of want to talk about? I'm, I've not come to the end of the pod, but I'll let you guys lead the discussion because obviously the first half we saw a lot of the ball. We did a lot with the ball. We just could, we failed to score. Um, I thought we played at a good tempo. I think it kind of dropped off on both sides in the second half. I felt like both teams were quite sloppy in possession, and I thought we we looked a little bit as the game progressed. We looked a little slower. Jurgen Klopp made some subs. Obviously, players came on, but I mean, what did you make of the second half? And you know, like um, it. I mean, we won one nil, but let's be honest, it wasn't a great game of football. It was a slog. Yeah, it was a slog. But I mean. We have the quality to hurt them, but didn't show it often enough and had a lot of attacks break down with just bad passing. Um, mm. They didn't, and they just didn't have anything that could hurt us and couldn't really move the ball quickly. Like the ball didn't move particularly quickly from either team in the second half. Um, no, it didn't. And, you know, um, uh, Steve just made the point there earlier on on, on the show where um, people on Discord were saying, oh, Fulham are all over us. You know what? I actually, even though we were sloppy, I did not lose my confidence not in an arrogant sense in a sense that they just did not look like they could do anything no yeah i mean they had what one nice they they had one really good opportunity that came from that more menor solomon reverse ball yeah his sub his sub actually did scare me because he scored a couple of worldies for them he's good yeah he's he's a good footballer yes Um, yes he is but um yeah, I mean, I think that was basically it. Um, I, I, I th- I, they, that's the only opportunity they created. Curtis Jones channeling is in a Ginny. And I don't mean this experiment where we try to turn into Ginny Ronaldo as the sitter, but he was sticking his ass out left, right, and center today. <laughs> you an ass watch. <laughs> he was doing a proper Ginny. Like, there's two defenders, I'm going to shove my ass into you. I'm going to keep the ball and I'm going to pass it off to somebody else. And I was like, when people talk about compare Curtis to Ginny, that's the kind of Ginny shit I want to see from him because it needs to be further up the pitch. Um, you, he was quite to... good again today, wasn't he? And he was buzzing mm-hmm. around and he was pressing and he, his confidence is growing and he was, as I said, sticking his ass into people. And that was good news because he doesn't look like he's going to stand down from anybody now. You are actually right, you know, when he actually shields the ball, he does, like, actually just, like, I don't know, arches his, he arches his back and sticks his backside out. And, like, yep, I, I definitely do see it now. I wasn't paying attention to it. But the, the things that, you know, we, we saw glimpses of certainly are getting better and better. And today I felt like he was 
he looked more involved in the attacking side of things as well, which was which was quite nice for him to see. And I think again, he's allowed that kind of flexibility to kind of get in with the attackers. It's amazing how this was a player that you know a lot of people didn't see a lot of, and he's had a few run, you know, a few, you know, um, uh, he's had a consistent run in this team, and he's looking like a good player. I'm I'm happy for him. Sixty yeah, touches, dispossessed twice. Pretty incredible. 43 of 46 passing. He's a safety valve. Something we need. The more he proves me wrong, the better, because I wasn't sure about him. Though I still um, do think some of his decision-making is a bit slow at times. Like, there's a couple of times today where he just, I don't think he always sees the quick counter-attacking pass the way other players that we have on the team do. And he wasn't, there's a couple of chances where I thought he could have released Mo or Nunes in behind, and I think he takes one more touch, and suddenly there's a defender blocking that passing lane or man marking the player. Um, if he can just, I don't know if you can change that side of your game, I don't know if that's a mental skill or it's something you learn. But if he can release the ball a bit quicker sometimes, he could be really special. Yeah, there was an instance in the second half, wasn't there, where uh, he had the ball and he could have released Salah and it got blocked out. Um, yeah, that one that one extra touch that he takes meant that Mo was either going to be tackled or would have been offside by the time he played it to him. And he still didn't even play it to him, did he? He cut it back inside, mm. which is a shame. Let's see what happens with him. Um, what What did you make of him, Justin? Oh, I like him. I, I like him quite a bit. Um, I have a strong preference for when academy players make it through and claim spots in the team. Um, I, I feel like he's done that. I feel like he's written himself into the the future, into our future plans, and I'm happy for him. Uh, but yeah, I think he's been a perfectly good safety valve. He's extremely press resistant. He showed that again today, and he's extremely active off the ball. Like, he's actually bringing youthful energy into the midfield, which is something it needed. So um, he's going to need some resting before the end of, to the end of the season. And he did come off early-ish today, but he's going to need to be rested at some point. And he's, it manages minutes properly because the last thing we, you know, even though he's essential to how we play at the moment, the last we can, thing we can afford is him getting injured going into the summer. Yeah. And considering the season he's had with injuries... Um, we, you know, and he has really, really it. freaky injuries as well, doesn't he? He gets really freaky yeah. injuries, like an eye injury and things like that. The stress fractures he had this season are, you know, they're the type of thing where hopefully he's over it. But, you know, if if, if we're not in a situation where we feel like we need to win every single game to have any sort of shot at top four, which is pretty slim at the moment, um, that's when I think you could start resting him because he's... Uh, He's going to be a big part of the future, and you just don't want to get him hurt now. Let him end on a high note. I think that's fair. I mean, guys, anything else you kind of want to talk about from the game? Any players, any any moment or instances? Let's talk about the ref. What did you make of the ref today? Obviously, again, another hot topic. Um, referees, tyranny, had a dreadful game against Spurs. What did you make of this referee today? For my part, I'm not a big fan of referees, but I felt like this one just let things run. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I think when you don't have when you don't have to think about the referee, they're doing their job. Absolutely, like, absolutely yeah. Got, um, I remember doing my completely different. Right, I was coaching kids, but I remember doing my right my referees course so I could 
ref some of the matches and being told that um, you're there to facilitate the game, not be part of the game. And when, you're, when you don't notice the referee, they're just facilitating the game, they're keeping the game moving, there's no unnecessary cards or free kicks or controversies to talk about, then they've done a good job. Yeah. My feeling is this. We won 1-0 on a penalty. I'm not going to complain about the referee. <laughs> oh, no. We, we don't really have a leg to stand on. I think, I think mm-hmm. that's fair. No, I think, I think that's fair. Um, so, guys, pretty dull, unevent, uneventful kind of game. Um, Klopp makes some subs. I, you know what I kind of like as well? I like the fact that he was able to take off, you know, more Salah in this game as well and bring on, like, a, a Harvey Elliott to play on the right-hand side and things. And, you know, I know he did, Klopp didn't have much wiggle room, but, like, the subs, I guess, we were 1-0 up. Even though we weren't our usual best selves, if you will, but I felt like the subs were fine. I didn't have an I, issue with any of them. I was going to say, I was actually, I know he didn't do anything, but I was really pleased to see Harvey come on as a full word. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. stop this stupid experiment. He's not a centre midfielder. Can he play as a 10? Yes. Can he play as an 8? No, he's a forward. Like, the more he's there to back up Mo. He can play on the left or the right in reality and let him be a little creative player. Let's go back to trying to turn him into our own little Surrey Del Piero and stop trying to turn him into Iniesta because he's never going to be that player. He's not a midfielder. He doesn't do the defensive side of the game. He doesn't get it. But when the game's where there's spaces in front of him, his thought of passing, like when he's playing positively, playing further at the pitch, he's more impactful. Um, so I was pleased that we saw him playing there. And also, like if you've got Jota through the middle, for example, he's not necessarily your most creative player. If you're resting Mo, and we have games of Harvey and Jota and Diaz, that could be quite fun if he gets confident again. So, yeah, I was quite pleased to see him play in his actual position. And I thought the rest of them just did fine. You know, Milner kicked lots of people. <laughs> and you approve of that? I, I've, I've, it's just, it's, I don't know if I approve of it. It's just what he does. It's just to accept it right. Yeah. Fortunately, sometimes he kicks people, then Richarlison scores. But um, he, come, he came on and he kicks people and he ran around. I quite enjoyed there was a moment around the 70, 70-something minute where Hendo went for a little run up the right wing. And he <laughs> holds off like two or three defenders. And the camera comes to him and he looks and he's looking at Klopp and you can see him going, I'm fucked. I was like, good, <laughs> but in like a in like a positive way because he's obviously been working quite hard. But I thought I thought everyone just sometimes it's okay for everybody to have a six out of ten and to get three points, and that was today. Yeah, I would maybe, absolutely. Yeah, maybe Ebu gets like a seven out of ten for his slide tackling. It's just good to see Ibu doing Ibu things. And I'm really, really loving the 90s reference to footballers on this podcast. I really approve of the Del Piero shout. Uh, one of my favourites growing up. Uh, Justin, what did you make of the subs and the club's management of, of his players in this game? Bear in uh, mind, we've got a game on Saturday as well. I, I, we're at the end of the season with a relatively depleted um, squad in certain areas. So... I, again, just can't complain about the substitutions because 
he's doing the only things available to him at the moment, right? We have players who are out for the rest of the season. Um, they're not going to, they're, they're, they're not options. Like Stefan Basetic is not an option. Nabi Kate is not an option in today's game. Tiago is not an option. So like, what, what else do you have if you need to fix your midfield? Well, it's bringing Milner and it's bringing Elliot in. That's it. Those are your two options. So I can't complain about it because we've been here for months now. No, I, I think that's absolutely fair. I think it's, I guess it is one of those cases where you have to kind of finish off the season on a high. Guys, I mean, there wasn't much to talk about in this game, so let's just like kind of end it. Have you got any final thoughts from this game? Any any takeaways? Um, anything you want to kind of get off your chest? Justin, I'll come to you. And if not, then give me your man of the match shout. Oh, it's Trent. Um, I I want to this game. I'm going to promptly forget about it happened. It, it, it's a thing that occurred. Um, it's Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, he was I thought he was a class above, and uh, it, the idea of playing him in midfield becomes more and more alluring by the week. It really does. It really does. And what about you, Steve? It'd be boring if I said Trent too. So I'm going to say Ebu for all of the slide tackles. Just all of them. He did all of them today. And I loved it. I love a centre-half who slide tackles and wins the ball and then stands up and kicks the ball. Brilliant. Oh, we almost had a Virgil on goal as well in the first half. That was a bit of a scary moment, but luckily just got enough connection on it. Right, so um, I'll be honest with you, I was going to go for Trent as my man of the match. I know it's really boring considering he keeps getting it recently because of how he's playing, but it is what it is. I, I will, I promise I will change it up for the next game. Guys, uh, before we um, close off this pod and like, get, uh, get your plugs and things, so we're playing, um, we're playing Brentford and uh, this was actually one of my most traumatising games actually um, against them. How do you think um, our 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 new system and our formation is going to be against, you know, the, the likes of Mbwemo and, and uh, Tony and, you know, the, their, their front line. I hope people can play and Matip can't. We're going to need some physicality, right? Because I just remember Mbwemo just absolutely bullying our, our defence um, uh, at their stadium. Uh, Justin, have you got anything to say on that? I mean, I, I think that they're a good side who might also just be kind of on the beach. Yes, um, they will. So, yeah. Um, Tony's I don't know. It's old, though, isn't he? He is, but it's also it's at Anfield. They don't travel that well. I think it, it, it's it's going to be an, it's a not early kickoff. I I, th- I think we'll have enough. I love it. I love the confidence. Right, guys. Um, so this was your episode of the Nina Carza Show. Um, I hope you enjoyed our little chit-chat about Liverpool there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Before I close off, I just want to get some plugs from my guests. So first, I will go to Steve. Steve, where can people find you? And um, is there anything you'd like to plug? I'd like to plug, can we get Bobby Firmino on the pitch for at least one more minute before the end of the season? Oh, you know what? That was actually one of my highlights when Curtis Jones came off. He just gives everyone the biggest smile. He's literally, he just strikes me as one of the nicest people. Yeah, he really is. I just want to see Bobby one more time before the end of the season. Preferably on the last game of the season and he does something stupid and scores. That would be wonderful. But apart from that, I've got nothing to plug. And you can all find me causing trouble on Discord. 
get on Discord and listen to this man's thoughts and opinions on the game. And I'm with you there. We really need to see Bobby Firmino one more time. He needs to score a goal. And even if he doesn't, I just want to hear that song one more time. And I think the last game at Anfield, Jurgen Klopp will play him, take him off early, and he will get the biggest standing ovation. I am calling it right now. So whatever's going on with you, Bobby Firmino, get fit. You you need that last one song. And Justin, I will come to you. You've been really busy. You've been doing some remarkable stuff. Feel free to plug whatever you need to plug. And also, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at uh, Rolls on Shabbos, uh, which you'll just see in the show notes because I'm not going to spell it. And then um, you should also follow LFCNY or find your local official supporters club because it's a good way to meet people to watch matches with. And uh, lastly, you know, support your local food bank. I love it. Most definitely. Could not agree more. Um, do give both of these a follow. Follow your local um, supporters club and, you know, get involved. Be part of the community. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really enjoyed doing this podcast. Hope you enjoyed listening too. A massive thank you to everyone that joined us on Discord. Uh, not many questions today. I think it might have been a bit of a late one and not no callers as well. But it's cool, it's calm. I had two awesome people. We carried, They carried the show for me. So um, incredible stuff. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Obviously, I'll, I will be back post-Brentford. Post so um, till next time, take care and up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.